I've never heard such a collective gasp of MMA arousal. It was as though the world parted and everyone in those futuristic movies, the TVs just drop from everywhere and everyone sees it when it's that important. Usually it's like Fahrenheit 451, which is a worse image than I'm going for. But think the fun parts of dread, which means it is time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is a massive spectacle way outside of the cage a few months early Christmas in August Raf Khabib is messing with homeless people wait no that wasn't the part that we, he's uh being a d-bag to no that wasn't it no, he's, he's being fighting a job Connor. creator oh that was he's job creator job creator Kev you know I think it's weird that people get so mad that he's, you know, offering money for push-ups. I mean, they should do something to go ahead and get money. And you know what? I mean, I don't get paid to do push-ups, and I can do more than 20. If you pay me a dollar per push-up, that's who I am. <laughs> Does any of that work for you guys? Uh, that was, I thought it was pretty good. Thanks. Yeah. No, that's, that's essentially what the Internet's become. So here's what's weird about this situation, Kev. I saw it. My first thought was... I need to see it again. I need to just be sure. The weird thing that we all agree on is whoever is laughing, and I think it's supposed to be Khabib's cousin. That part's not 100% clear to me, even though I know what I've read. But I don't believe anything. And that will come into play in a second. But when you hear somebody laughing at a homeless person doing push-ups, your first thought isn't, ooh, I need to defend this guy. It's, uh, that's weird, right? That doesn't seem nice. Okay. So maybe some basic empathy. Is that a good place to start there, Kevin? Maybe for like lessons in Khabib's, <laughs> Khabib's world. This is, by the way, the, the write-up we're going to get. People are like, damn it. Why can't we just have nice things? You guys immediately have to shit on Khabib. We didn't do this. This is his fault, and he needs some tact. But to be fair, and this is uh, something I saw in meme that makes me super upset that I, it also triggered a thought that might be helpful. Mm-hmm. I, Connor threw a crate at a bus and broke again, some glass. Again, not against that. This isn't... Listen, guys. I'm going to get to all of this. Just give me a couple seconds to bring it all home. Because when I saw this initially, I looked at it. I said, that's weird. And then when I started to piece things together, I said, I know pro wrestling. I remember when that dolly threw. I remember... That a few weeks ago, Khabib was the good guy, but he's Russian. Uh-oh. They're going to try and make me hate him, aren't they? So I'm immediately suspicious of all of this. Granted, fine. There's also those who are making the arguments, oh, you know, in his culture, it's not the same. Please don't explain other people's cultures. Most of you aren't equipped for that sort of a thing. But this is where I think it comes down to a basic human decency bullshit sort of a thing. And this is where it's interesting because we have an age where people don't necessarily just look at it even objectively. I had a friend who messaged me and then took down his post. He's one of my good friends. And he said, hey, man, I was going to chime in, but this climate is too stupid. And I said, you're not wrong. But what he was arguing was he watched it three times, which is a great way to also start any argument. Uh, I watched it a lot. And it's like, okay, great. (laughs) But he said you have more agency then. Yeah, absolutely. So he said that the way he saw it was that as an athlete, that's the way he relates to people. And so 
having him do push-ups was his way of relating to uh, this homeless man and getting him to do the push-ups because we don't know the context, but that's a cool thing to do. Or at least that was his interpretation of it. And I said, you know what? Bless your heart. That's also ascribing a lot of context that isn't there as well. And you know what the nice part is? We just kind of agreed to disagree. Is that that why it's on camera and for the world to see? Because you just wanted to get him to do some push-ups? Of course. Feels a little like that's the part where I was like, I could could definitely subscribe some motive. If I were looking for motive, I could find it. Again, it's the the laughing dick that I think everybody seems to be on board of being like, please don't do that. But I like the fact that he put it there. And even though we disagreed, Kev, we just kind of said, okay, cool. But without calling each other dicks. And we left it at that. And we both kind of said, oh, I guess I could see that. And I guess I can see that. We had other people chime in as well uh, with some of the stuff I espoused at the very beginning of this. But the one that seemed to make me laugh the most is, please, please, if you're ever chiming in on these things, don't start by saying, you know, I'm from the streets and people just don't know what's going out on the streets. That's how they don't know what this stuff is all about. And it's like, no, we're good. We're real good here. The streets? The streets, indeed. Thank you. To they be fair, were... I do not know that. I was raised in rural Kansas. <laughs> so far away from the streets. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Man. Actually, it, we didn't it... get, have a paved road to our house until I was in, like, third grade. Oh, shit. Ken. Maybe you did grow up on the streets. That's more of the roads. That's not. Oh, okay. uh, that's a different thing. <clears throat> so when we really push this through, I like the idea that we had some people pushing back and saying, you know, hey, don't judge if you don't know the context uh, sort of bullshit but I'll tell you this much Kev if it gets some of you guys to question the way that we treat the homeless or just you know each other maybe it's not such a bad thing to make you think about the way that that is because these guys are people who are athletes and yeah is it suspicious that the UFC would put this out Uh, not even the UFC just Khabib especially when there is that whole dolly incident that we still can't make any heads or tails out of it's as though like, who throws a fucking dolly it, it honestly feels joker and two-face when it was tommy mm-hmm. lee jones and <laughs> jim carrey it's almost like well he was an asshole i have to top that what's yeah. what's emotionally more cruel plus used to live around a lot of homelessness in my well you visited that location raf yeah. it was right yeah. across from the missions uh, definitely not something to to take in in a joyful way because at its core it's a heavy amount of mental illness is at its core what it is. But Kev, how can you really know that they were mentally ill? I've met several homeless people in my experience, yeah. in my microcosm, mm-hmm. that they weren't at all. And I'll tell you, I was homeless once. No, I'm sure. And yeah, like like that is the progression of. Everybody coming in to chime <laughs> in on this. I had a motivational speaker recently be like, I was homeless. My parents said I could live with them. I said, no. I was like, that, I don't think that counts. I don't mean I to be. I don't want to like is. draw straws out of a hat and say whose homelessness is more aggressive. But oh, my parents <laughs> said I could move in. And I said, no. Feels more like adult camping. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I, look, look, guys, I, again. Uh, no one here says or even claims that they're going to solve homelessness, but many of us know fighters, humans, people who respond maybe a little bit better. And sure, we have different ideas over should they have to earn it? Should they have to do something? 
where do those things come in? But maybe the one thing we can all agree from this is when somebody is like that, it's a, it is a different way. It is touchy because maybe we didn't see him interacting and maybe the guy was harassing him for a long time. But if you're putting up videos as Kevin kind of identified, uh, of interacting with homeless people in a culture that's supposed to be, Hey, this is what I'm up to every day on my social media. Maybe motive might be ascribed to you. It's just kind of a, a thing. Maybe just maybe that's all. So that's the first thing I'm going home to be really proud of. I get home, I take a video of my dog and I'm like, I can't wait to put this up. I don't like hit my dog and go, Ooh, I can't wait to put this one up. How can I test her and get a shriek? There's, there's a lot to talk about with him fighting Connor, but Raph, hold on. Let me, I, I I think the audience knows I've been a horrible Mm. jinx. I have been a horrible jinx to all things. Good. You ready? Hit, ask me if I'm excited about this fight. Are you excited about this fight? It's never going to happen, Raph. No. This is a boring bullshit, no one cares <laughs> fight. First, does Connor even remember how to fight? I mean, I've seen him throw metal. I haven't seen him throw hands. Second, who's this Khabib guy? Does a big hat make you a champion? I don't think it does. This fight's going <laughs> to suck if it happens. It'll <laughs> never happen, so don't even worry about it. Thank you. Who is this character? I want to talk to this guy more. Uh, this is just uh, fed up with my karma, Kevin. He comes out okay. with a little bit more Kansas draw, and he's upset. That- it's also like your take on a more modern Andrew Dice Clay. So for a split second, the cadence, I was in. I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. And another thing, I've got to say... I'm not a big fan of ruffians who wear fucking hats. Oh, <laughs> this this at its core would make Rodney Dangerfield very <laughs> upset because <laughs> he wouldn't get it, but it would sound like him a little bit. There is a lot to this fight that we will explore when it happens. That's if what I. Happens. That's how I feel. Yeah, that's fair. That's, they, that's fair. I will. I do like when the UFC does this, and I kind of always forget because they lull me into this false sense of insecurity in July that they are kind of capable of really putting together a fall lineup, and I, I think they have. Yeah. They are putting Vulcan and Smith on like the same level briefly as some other fights, but you've got Khabib McGregor slated for October 6th. We'll see, but everyone's going to want on that card. That is not the fight. I want to compliment them about the fight. I want to compliment about compliment them about. It's also not Darren Dill versus Tyron Woodley. Oh, oh, but can I tell you something? Uh, can I, can I interrupt here? Because I'm so excited about this camp. The, the Darren Till impression is almost there. Oh, that is exciting for when we need him because- to call into the show everybody else everybody else has gotten on this Khabib thing with the homeless they didn't really remember that Darren Till um, also is not going to win father of the year why well because this happened like right back to back I want to say like day after day and I think what he ended up saying Kevin and this is in the very rough beginnings of it. I re-listened to one of our old episodes for one of my first Diaz impressions, and uh, you know it was it was a work in progress. So this <laughs> one's a little bit better. I'll say this, but um, here's what it well, says: Darren Till not 
quite as known in terms of the way he speaks as the Diaz bro. Right. And just so you guys know a little bit about my process, there are certain um, trigger words that will help you to create the character. So you don't just do a Christopher Walken. You do a wow, and then you go into Walken. You say wow, and that's your tuning fork word. Um, Unfortunately, the one for Darren Till involves you having to talk about country singers um which not really my sort of bag but here you go kev this is what he said okay yeah i've got a girlfriend who's nearly seven months pregnant i don't really care i got a girl in brazil right now who i haven't even seen in one year i don't care i just care about legacy and greatness that's what i'm in this for so that's him wait so okay uh yeah so he's basically saying he cares more about his legacy than being a dad now every dad ufc fighter was going now come on dude uh and i get it it's selling it's making headlines uh but this was right back to back after uh the khabib thing and i think uh middle easy just kind of threw their hands up in the air and said great now i can't like darren till good work everybody (laughs) Thanks for everything. But oh, he man. does love saying, I don't really care. Like, that's his his tuning fork. So that's me bringing you in on the process, fans that's and good. friends. Thank you. I'm sorry. I was slightly disturbed by his comments. So the impression <laughs> got a little too. I was like, what? <laughs> I wish that I made that up, Kevin. Fuck my children, wherever <laughs> they are. Pre-birth, <laughs> current birth. I don't care. These God. children are in, you know, they're, 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 they're nothing but a bunch of country visitors. But also, we're taking it wildly out of context. That's also, yeah. there is a card in Russia. Yeah. Uh, Olenek versus Mark Hunt. Always excited to see Mark Hunt doing some doing some fighting. They could say whatever they want about Gaethy versus Vic, but not there yet. I did see them yeah. talking smack. They should do more of that because maybe I'll care. There are a lot of good fights coming up. Verbal Tap is on its way to a historic milestone of podcasts. You saw the the 300 movie. Uh, I'm just going to tease it with that. But we are Verbal Tap. There are a lot of people to thank. I want to thank two of the most important ones right now, Raph. And I'm, I might rank them two, three, just behind um, Lucy, mostly. Okay. <laughs> First... The people that keep me protected during hot yoga, which is a vulnerable time. You're trying to do a lot of stretches and bends, much like you might experience in jujitsu when people are also trying to choke you like a-holes. There is so much to be said for being comfortable. North-South Jiu-Jitsu has that underwear that takes it to the next level. It's under, without stealing the title, it's got that more armoristic feel in a positive, like futuristic Batman way when things breathe, Raph. You know what I'm talking about? Like, not the yeah, first bat suits when it was like, oh my God, it's like 58 pounds. Batman also has to be Mr. Olympus. <laughs> this is the more futuristic versions. And maybe that's why George Clooney sucks as Batman. He just needed North South Jiu Jitsu. Go to NorthSouthJiuJitsu.com. There are crazy amounts of deals right now because they're about to bring in a whole new lineup. Go take advantage. Nine out of 10, Batman's approved. 
Nice, nice. That's in charge of the statistics department. And part of that is George Clooney really didn't appreciate that dig, but nine (laughs) out of ten of them agree. Yes. Crunch, crunch the numbers for weak hips, Clooney. Look, anytime you're training a lot, it's important to give your body fuel. Anytime you're driving nine hours to Kansas, you have to stop four to seven times, and you don't get the proven nutrition guarantee. With whatever you're putting in your Subaru or whatever car you drive. Look, I'm obsessed with Core. Raph is now obsessed with a multitude of their products. You need some creatine? You want to build some muscle? You're a little bit more advanced? They have that. ProvenNutrition.com. Kevin 10, Raph 10. You're going to like their products. You're going to enjoy that it's not just a guarantee, but as Raph says, proven. And... Your significant other is going to see the biodegradable pouches and be like, oh, that's a great thing. And that alone is worth switching over, utilizing best friends in nutrition, provennutrition.com. Proven nutrition. You're going to like the way you look. Uh, Raph, no, I mm-hmm. think that's uh, I think that's men's warehouse thing. Is I it? I do think it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Proven nutrition, which is definitely a steal of Red Robin's thing. <laughs> that, that little Okay, we are going to find out who won over under, and we're going to get into some UFC 227, including way too much knowledge I have about, about Cody Garbrandt's tattoos. You know, Kev, it's always interesting when the guest takes a moment and we say, hey, are you ready to roll? And they say, let me go ahead and pull up my laptop as if they have some sort of PowerPoint presentation they want to give to us about UFC 227. (laughs) Uh, I hope that he took meticulous notes because I saw the amount of beers he was consuming and it makes me think, "Mm, I don't know how good his recollection is. So maybe he's looking at Wikipedia. (laughs) Nonetheless, we have our friend, one Milton Aguayo. Milton, why did you pull up your laptop? Uh, because a lot of these fights were trash. A lot of them were robbery. Actually, there was like one robbery. But uh, I was just trying to remember who fought on this card again. You know, a lot of exciting stuff happened. A lot of crazy upsets happened. And uh, yeah, it was a good card. So just got to make sure uh, I remember which fight was what. Sure, I know. It's very difficult. Two days and a half is really hard to keep all this thing straight. But... <laughs> I guess the weird part to me, Kevin, is when he says that, did you get the feeling this was more of a business call than we normally have? It did kind of feel like he's like, let me get the figures up. I need to get the sales call. This quarter's been a real bitch. Hold on. Hasn't it, guys? Like, yeah, it did have... no, no, Mid-year no, reviews no, no, are no, just no, around no, the corner. No. <laughs> no. So we got obviously... an IPA and trying to enjoy. Fair enough. We we do have a lot to kind of uh, go over here, but you said that there was a big upset. Now, I want you to look on that Wikipedia page that you're clearly looking at now and tell me yep. which fight here you thought was the upset. Ricardo Ramos versus uh, Kang. That was an upset. That was a robbery. No, that was a robbery. My bad. The upset was Cejudo and Johnson. Okay. You were on the winning end of that robbery, I think. Oh no no no! You on the, no no! I got 
both, both of, yeah, both of those were wrong. Well, let's start. I want to hit his second one. I like that as a notation. And to me, this is obviously the Dillashaw Garbrandt fight's amazing and, and has a punctuation. But the Johnson Cejudo, I'm curious, Milton, you've done this before because you're an insane person. Did you think Cejudo won the fight? Yeah, I, I do. I do think he won the fight. I yeah, he definitely won the fight. I know why. I can see why they scored it uh, in his favor as well. I mean, it was a very close fight, but Zahudo, he was just the better man that night. No, like no, there's no other words. He out wrestled him. He had the perfect game plan. Stuck to the game plan, and uh, yeah, I mean, he was a better man. All right, Kev, you did signal to me, or at least you previewed on the last episode that we did that. You didn't agree with the decision. Is this true? Or are you just are you fucking with us? What's happening? No. I, first of all, f- awesome fight. Really fun. Okay. I thought Cejudo showed some things. And the commentary, I thought, skewed the fight in terms of if they had used the words, oh, he's in trouble one more time when someone was not, in fact, in trouble. But the Johnson <laughs> Cejudo fight specifically, they were obsessed with what happened to his leg. The fight was all talk about Cejudo, and by the end of it, I just, I don't know, he he definitely wrestled him more than I had seen anyone, but Mm. I didn't think he was winning the exchanges. I thought Johnson outstruck him, as he's prone to do, and it just, when it's the champ... And I, this is an old timey. I'm going to take an old old person's for, like stance here. Right? <laughs> you have to take it from the champ. Sure, you have to. That wasn't a taking. That was a fine fight, but I don't feel like it was. Yeah, that guy dethroned Johnson. I will say this has a lot of David Stern back to the NBA era when he used to like to tamper with things or any time in the NFL ever with Goodell. This also has a ring of Dana White being like, don't you fucking score that thing for Johnson. I swear to God, <laughs> you'll never judge again. I will can I you. Can I start to address a lot of what you put out there? I mean, uh, you basically compared Dana White to some sort of shady public figure in another sport. And I don't, yeah. I don't know that our listeners would ever truly agree with that. Oh, the given the, his integrity. the reputable nature that one Dana White has. Uh, in all sports, not just this one, in all of them. Kev, let me start with this. Okay, so here's where I started to get uh, a little iffy. Uh, the party that I was watching with, the first round they see, they go, I don't know, I think it's a judo. And by the way, I want to make this a very clear thing. Uh, the correct way to pronounce his name is to alternate them. Now, I don't know if you guys noticed I did this last week, but I would alternate between saying Sejudo and Sahudo because... I feel it's the only proper way to address his name. I have literally heard his name said a million different ways, also possibly by Henry himself. <laughs> but when they were watching that first round, they said, well, Henry won that that round, right? And I said, I don't really think so. I still think Demetrius won that round. And it just seemed like it was difficult and more progressively harder as the fight went on to deny Henry was in more control of the fight even if, say, he would get on and just kind of hold position in the earlier rounds, I think later mm-hmm. you could make a stronger case that he was actually starting to put in a little bit of damage. But you know that first minute he was able to get Demetrius down, stay on top of him and mount. 
he literally was looking like he was in the IBJJF waiting for a ref to award him four points. He was staying there with an eagle eye of, I don't want him to get back up because this man, as soon as he gets back up, my life is much harder. Is that about what you saw, Milton? Because it seems like you are also begrudgingly saying, we all agree it's a great fight, that Cejudo won. Uh, so I, I agree that he would take him down, and he wouldn't. Uh, once he got him down, he wasn't exactly doing so much damage um, as he should have to sway it more in his favor. But he was consistently getting him down. If I remember correctly, I think I had it two-two going into the fifth round, and that fifth round was like uh, a huge swing round uh, because I felt like, if I remember correctly, they both negated each other on the feet, but uh, Cejudo ended up taking him down twice i might be wrong on that and then that's why i gave him the fifth round ultimately giving him the fight but uh i can't remember if that was that round there were a bunch of swing rounds in there i think there was like only two rounds where i would score definitely demetrius definitely cejudo and then the other was like just like flip a coin to his credit dana white entered the press conference by saying hey it was a fucking close fight i had that fight scored two two going into that fifth round but who the hell cares what the fuck i think um so that was uh, that was the way he started off that one. Here's what's weird about this one. Kev, I don't know if you ended up seeing, but very early in the first, and I know you mentioned that they were talking about it in the commentary, but they mentioned at the very end that um, Demetrius Johnson's foot nutty professored. No, no, no. Cejudo's foot nutty professored. Johnson, mm-hmm. Johnson kicked him, I guess, because that's what Cejudo said, but apparently the broadcast just completely missed the kick and they had no ability to show us if there was well, one. Okay, but but here's the thing. So Cejudo, I thought he made that weird step at the very beginning, right? Yes. And, and so then it, it was there. Well, turns out Demetrius also fucked up his leg oh. and couldn't kick anymore. Now, he was detailing that he had some injuries, but I think he showed a photo that he himself had his foot expand greatly so we're talking people were just literally damaged all the way through and i think one of the things that demetrius was saying in his post presser was he couldn't really kick anymore he's like at a certain point your foot gets used to kicking all the time and then it just dies and there's not much you can do in the middle of a fight and he blew out his knee yeah he he said he felt a pop on his lcl i believe yep is what he said yeah, yep. so his foot, his LCL, I mean, but, like, he, he himself wasn't trying to blame that as the reason as to why he lost. Yeah, and, I mean, to his credit, it's just, like, he was very, very, um, he was very good about the way he did lose inside of the octagon. I think he mentioned that long-forgotten GSP, the title will drive you crazy, and he seemed mm-hmm. somewhat genuine when he said, I'm glad somebody finally took this off me, and... Here's where I think things get a little awry, though, Kev. As close as you can score that fight, can you rationale in any way, shape, or form that we see TJ and Henry before we remotely see a rematch between one Henry Cejudo and Demetrius Johnson? I'm so glad you brought this up. I thought it was disrespectful. I thought it was (laughs) something that immediately... Where was this fight? This fight was in Los Angeles, California. The governor of California should have put the flags at half masses and been like, what the actual fuck, Henry? 
this is not earned yet. This is not even close. He needs to beat Demetrius again. Now, I don't know what the timetable looks like with any injuries, because then uh, I'll completely disagree with what I just said. But I did not enjoy his call out. Like, he wouldn't go up, I will, which reeked of, you know, I really wanted to polish off a a little bit more beer and donuts towards the end of this. And that 10 pounds, it's difficult to tell. I didn't enjoy that. You know, you win one after this guy's basically owned the division forever. Maybe, maybe defend it one more time, or or finish him. This wasn't. This was like this. At least Dillashaw's knocking people out. John Jones, Daniel Cormier. These they were finishing people. Even GSP finishes people. That's why he gets to fight across. What does Conor McGregor do? Finish people. Henry Cejudo narrowly won a very effective wrestling match it might might want to go one more before he uh tries to call out a super fight it really did seem yeah, like didn't he, didn't he go for it Ralph. go, go no go you ahead. go ahead you go ahead you were going somewhere on that uh i didn't kevin pick sahudo to win uh like dislike him now <laughs> i did not <laughs> Kevin has never been one to harbor too much resentment once he picks a pick. He just kind of goes, you know, I gave it to the universe, and sometimes the universe is very angry at me. So I don't know that that really plays a role in how angry he may or may not be. I can say this, though. When you do watch that fight and you see that it is fun, it does take you out of the element of surprise. You get a great American story. You get uh, an Olympic gold medalist. And correct me if I'm wrong, I can't think of another who has won a UFC title and is a gold medalist. So it is quite an inspiring story. It is kind of weird, though, when that same person shows up at the post-presser with belt in hand, looks at press row and goes, none of you guys believed in me. None of you guys believed in me. And it's like, well, I mean, okay. That's why I'll always pick against him, man. I He's so cringe. He's the worst person to hear talk. <laughs> it is strange though because like it's that mix of that inspiration that people love which is yeah build yourself up by your bootstraps yeah i'd get it you were away for an entire what week in your room after the first loss to demetrius johnson and that sucked i, I totally get that and you came back and you proved him wrong and then you basically fuck your belt and when you show a photo of you in bed with the belt and it's not that like kind of like oh man he worked for it. It's like no, he's spooning the belt to the point where I think he fucked it. What I was thought his... he gave it his coach. I was confused. <laughs> it was his first night, so mm. given his track record, he probably proposed a threesome with the belt, and the belt was like, "Whoa, pump the brakes!" Just like earlier with the announcement, so they just cuddled because that looked like an angry belt. That's just my two cents. It, that belt, too, though, very much looked like it had its way of making its way off the bed. Where it's kind of like, okay, dude, you're a little clingy. And really, you just kind of wrestle fuck too, getting this. So I'm with finishers. It's Bye. hot. It's I'm so <laughs> hot. Um, here's what I want to bring up, though. Uh, okay, so he shouldn't get that, that super fight, in my opinion. It very well could happen. Um, but that brings us to our, our actual main event fight. Now, this is where things get a little weird. Milton, I texted you this, and I mean it in all sincerity. What the fuck was Cody Garbrandt's strategy? 
I actually have no I, I wish I knew. Like, it didn't look like he had a strategy at all. Like, I don't know. He just, he looked so out of place that, like, he didn't look like himself. He looked tense. I think he was just trying to, like, wing a knockout again. I, I really don't. I wish I could tell you. Like, I don't know. And mind you, this is an entire night of Milton and I exchanging uh, really <laughs> interesting notes back and forth to the point where I think he disavowed the knowledge of Daniel Taylor, period. Like, she never existed in his world. <laughs> but I want to bring up the fact, though, that when that does happen, and I do message you, and I really do mean it, I was like, I couldn't see a strategy for the life of me. And all I thought was he figured he was going to bring TJ into a wild exchange and trying to win that. And not only have the same thing happen that happened in the first fight, but then even when he kind of buckled on that first one and TJ got to reload that same overhand right three times, it's mm-hmm. like I couldn't figure out what the strategy was. And I think that was what was most disappointing. Kevin, did you have a similar experience in that? I loved it. I like this is kind of Cody Garbrandt. I don't the tough series when I watched him was the first time I was like, maybe not the most cerebral fighter. Sure. Is a fair he seems like he really, even as he's talking about his tattoos, he just doesn't seem self aware in that way. He's like, I got a grenade on my right hand, you know, for obvious reasons. It's like I don't quite follow. <laughs> your your hands get explode, and then he's like, "I broke it three times after that, so it was probably a curse." It's like, yeah, that is a dumbass. <laughs> anyway, his whole approach to this fun to watch, fun fighter can't seem to get past the Dillashaws. No, just got knocked the fuck was... out. Well, Dillashaw and Fang did a great job of game planning for it because, like, they both pointed out how every time. Cody throws a right hand. He drops his left hand a little low to throw a power hook, and that's like his go-to. And uh, rewatching the the knockout again, you see you see uh, Cody throwing that right hand and going for the left hook, and then Dillashaw catching him, and he caught him three times in a row, which Ralph was talking about. So I think they were just over, like overly prepared and like were ready for Cody's like big holes. I guess I thought it was genius. They had a genius approach to this fight. Dillashaw sent. Obviously not Cody's because uh, he got knocked out. But well said, Milton. I was sure the audience <laughs> wasn't really clear on where you stood on that one. For me, though, I think of it like this. You know, I had hoped that there would be a trilogy. I had hoped that Cody could have uh, put in a better kind of showing. Um, but I'm not against a super fight with TJ. Period. I just felt like, all right. So when somebody said Dominic Cruz. I honestly didn't have much against that. Now, Milton, you're closer to that weight, so that means you actually pay attention to these people who are insignificant in our eyes. Do you have a better suggestion, maybe, for who uh, TJ should be fighting next? Uh, I think he should be fighting... I'm, like, super huge fan of Dominic Cruz, but I think that um, he should be fighting Marlon Moraes. I think Marlon is on, like, a four-fight knockout streak since joining the UFC. Does it... If I'm correct. He is, but does it also help that, like, TJ might not even know who he is? You know what I mean? Because, like, TJ's main strategy has just been, like, yo, dog, um, I'm fighting people from Team Alpha Male, and that's kind of my thing. So... Ooh, other people. Yeah, good. I just think that's worth it. I mean, that fight's not going to sell shit. I mean, like, 
no, I, I don't think anyone who really follows, unless you really follow MMA, you don't really know who Marlon oh, Marais is. So I think they're probably going to put him up against like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt the Cejudo fight, and I wouldn't doubt the Dominic Cruz fight. It depends on how Dana's feeling whatever day. Fair enough. I just enjoy the fact that we always get peaks of Milton and his hipsterness just peeking out. Just <laughs> little, you know, I mean, those who really know MMA, um, I remember I when mean, TJ was to... cool. <laughs> no, no. Marlon, Marlon, Marlon. I think every, I think everyone knows that TJ is now. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, all right, let's let's go down a little bit of this card, Kev. What are your thoughts on watching Cub Swanson not do so hot? You know, Volcano has this uh, face that really just looks uh, simultaneously tired and fucking pissed off. Like that's how he rests. He has like resting, apathetically angry face. Mm-hmm. And what he did to Cub Swanson was disrespectful. But he, but thankfully, he bowed after. So I thought that was nice. That was nice. That bow did seem to linger a little bit too long. I thought so too. I that thought things got a little uncomfortable. <laughs> like that's the moment where somebody beats me. I'm just like, oh, go stop that. Just for fuck's sake, leave me alone. I I don't need you to. St- you're bowing again. Okay. Oh, here we go. All right. All right. No, no. Lots of honor. I get it, dude. It's fine. We're all... This is the bow. Oh, and now your team's bowing at me, too? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, this has been fun. This is what we choose to do. Uh, Cody, it was very uh, funny uh, when this is happening, uh, at least from our our party's perspective, is that um, people weren't watching this fight. So it happened very quickly. It was in the first round. And I actually went outside to say, hey, everybody, the co-main event's up next. And they go, wait, what happened to Cub Swanson? He won, right? And I was like, well, bad news on that front. Cub Swanson is dead. I am sorry Uh, to tell you all, but he didn't make it. So he survived this initial, like, blow. But then in the process, he seemed to recover, seemed like he was trying to use his jiu-jitsu to keep a base or at least try to wrestle out of it. And then there was just one moment where he just gave up his back. And that choke wasn't even fully under the chin. It just looked like that. And the body triangle had that look in his face where he's like, I've been through enough. I'm good. Thank you for the fight. It's been fun. (laughs) So that was my recollection of it. But there was one person who said that the boxing would come in handy, and that was Milton. So, Milton, were you satisfied seeing that result? Yeah, I was very satisfied, of course. Uh, I think Moicano is like, in my opinion, he's like number two or number three in that division. Like, that dude does not get enough respect. And, like, he had a war with Brian Ortega, which I thought he was winning until he got caught because Ortega's so savvy. But, yeah, it's a good fight. He's going to be so much fun to watch, like, going on. I think he's going he's gonna to be a big, big, big deal in that division. Very much so. As we go down the card, I also want to say this. Kev... This one might be my bad because, you know, uh, and it takes Milton maybe a second to figure on and, and most other guests as well. I mean, if you really know how over under Kevin works, you would know this is how it works. But I um, I have fun making fun of the names. Mm-hmm. So I usually come up with ways that I think are either puns or that massacre the names entirely. When I came up with J.J. Aldrich Abrams. I didn't know that that would be enough to persuade Milton to go for her, despite knowing nothing. <laughs> no so 
Milton got that <laughs> pick correct, not because of his own accord, but because of my silly <laughs> name game version that I did. And I realized that because I was like, Yo, as I'm watching you, the fight, yeah, J.J. Aldrich won. What fight was that? What the? F- uh, that was the women's strawweight match, which you probably took a nice uh, time to go reload uh, moment. <laughs> but I yeah, just remembered yeah. sitting there, and I, I'm like, you know, because normally as I watch these things, I kind of remember, oh, can pick this person or the guest pick this person. I had clear memories of Milton saying very early on, I don't know who the fuck these people are. I like J.J. Abrams. <laughs> he was yeah, right. I'm a little by. Uh, I don't really pay attention uh, to the uh, anyone who's like out. She might be in top ten. I don't know how deep that division is, but women's strawweight is not a very uh, deep division. So it's developing. Okay, it's it's it's, a, it's formative stage. It's still trying to figure out exactly what it's trying to be. It, 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 I feel like that's one of those things where at least in the women's strawweight, they have a lot more going on there than they do with the women's one forty five, which is. Ah, wait um, three fighters. Yeah, that. it's basically whoever Dana finds walking down the street that day and goes, "You won forty five, chick," <laughs> which yeah. is a fun game. Also. It's also one yeah. of his top five pickup lines. It's not a what? good thing to encourage. <laughs> so now, as we go down, okay. So the middleweight fight. Now, this is where Kev. This is where the things start to get a little bit bad when we talk about the name game. You said you were going for Kevin purely based on Kevinisms. And my instincts are spot on here. Mm. You know, despite some obvious miss in the USADA testing, which is the only way Thiago <laughs> Santos looks like Thiago Santos. Now, Kevin Holland is fun, and there was a moment he almost won this fight, but he definitely did not. And it's tough. It was uh, We had a meeting about it, but, you know, the Kevins decided it's fine. Okay, I'm glad that you guys were all so good about it. Here's what I want to tell you guys, and I didn't realize this because uh, Ashley Williams, who is one of Brett Johns' uh, coach, his, his primary jiu-jitsu coach, um, he was coming into town and he was like, hey, let's do an interview. And I was really excited about that. And I didn't actually take the extra step to find out who he was fighting until maybe a couple days out. And I think it was maybe at the weigh-ins. That I go, oh, there's Ashley. Oh, that's great. There's uh, Brett Johns. That's awesome. Who's he fighting? Oh, Pedro. Oh, no, that's one of our friends. Oh, yeah, no, I should have looked that up. Uh-oh. I know we did it on the the thing. I know we talked about it. It didn't hit me until I saw them staring off round and round, and I go, Pedro's going to try and guillotine this motherfucker like nobody's business. Yep. And to Ashley's credit... He was not able to, and he was gunning for it in that third round after he exhausted Brett throughout those two rounds. But that was a fun fight otherwise, up until that third round where I was like, that was oh, a shit. very fun fight. Um, Brett Johns, I mean, hard to kill. Brett Johns was like limping. <laughs> it's like Munoz just crushes his leg off, kicks it into the fifth bleacher. John's like, we're good. <laughs> I got another. I got one more, one and a half more rounds of me. And I, I texted this in jest to uh, to Milton, but I was like, you know, if I still remembered that guillotine he showed me, because it's a pretty big arsenal weapon for him that he's used multiple times. I told Milton, I was like, if I remembered that, I think you'd be dead. I just, I don't remember it anymore. <laughs> I remember him showing it to me and me going like, oh, fuck. And for like a month and a half, I fucked everybody up with it. And then it's one of those jujitsu moves that just evaporates away and you go, 
how does he do this again? I mean, I know how a guillotine works. But um, to his credit, though, Ashley Williams. And you know what, Kev? He actually showed us some stuff from Half Guard, which uh, I'm very yeah, excited you will, to. You will never, ever, ever stop oh, me. I'm just going to put that out there. I will, I will never tap. I will let my arm break and I'll go to sleep before you, I physically tap to you. I am Where is this fucking <laughs> mean, unnecessary human being coming from? Because I'll point something out, Kevin. If he's going to try, you know, it's just like when he showed up last week. And I was like, you don't go mean to the moderator. I'm just saying, you said this guillotine, I'd be dead with this guillotine. I guarantee you I'm I would saying, come off if I remembered it, you might actually be in trouble. However, I clearly don't. And it's not of my own accord. It's of somebody giving me something that I was like, ooh, this is a great weapon. Oh, no, I forgot it. Shit. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can sympathize only in the sense that I feel like that about 94% of my jiu-jitsu game on a daily basis. <laughs> I just love the idea that built it. Badass guillotine. It's gone. Sorry. It's like Jubert is like, I just taught you. We just finished it. It's like, sorry. I, you've I was ever listening. seen the movie Medicine Man, there's a moment where Sean Connery comes in out of nowhere and just goes, I've lost the cure for cancer! And I thought, that's essentially what it is for me. That That's what that move is. So yes, Milton, I'm glad that you will never ever tap, and thus making every future role for me completely terrifying of being like, is he dead? Because <laughs> I don't want to have to kill this kid. He's got a very nice burgeoning <laughs> career for himself. Raph and I have you way did, different did, opinions about time. that, by the way. I'm I'm holding on. It's like uh, till you <laughs> till I see like the whites of the eyes roll. I'm not I'm not letting go. <laughs> Perfect. Our good friend Ricky Simone, which by the way, when they said his name, I said, "Uh oh, did we say his name completely wrong when he was on the show, Kev?" Mm-hmm. Okay, probably. Just making sure. Uh, definitely beat Montel Jordan Jackson. Yeah. Though, it looked a little rough at the very beginning. Uh, like it looked a lot closer than I think two of these judges had in that first round because Ricky was really gunning. He was pushing the fight, but it was a lot of wrestling. And I was like, "Dude, I hope he's got a gas tank forever." Turns out, yes, he does. So he was just so relentless. And one of the things I kept talking about was the size of Montel's hands. And I think the fact that he had a bigger reach and that seemed to be something that troubled Milton as he was watching it live. <laughs> he was, uh, that was a great, great performance from him. I think his reach is like 73 or 75. I can't remember, but yeah, he's a very lanky dude at that division. Yeah. And I mean, it was, I was, again, a fairly solid fight. You said the Ricardo Ramos fight was ridiculous. I, I mean, make your case, Milton. Dude, he he lost that. He lost rounds two and three. What do you? He did nothing. That did, oh my god. How do you spinning? What do you knock him out with the spinning back fist? He knocked out a. Uh, who's the other cat they were hyping up? And he came out and knocked him out. Whatever. Anyways, Ramos did not look great. Obvious uh, holes in his game. <laughs> Bias, my boy uh, Kang definitely won that for sure. <laughs> I'm glad because he's your boy this week. But after <laughs> last week, <laughs> you were like, I don't know who this guy is. I'm going for the Asian, was I believe. Uh, <laughs> because that was okay. the way you hung out. So definitely when you put your arm around the shoulder of that guy, he's going to be like, oh, I don't know you, bro. 
Um, <laughs> in other exciting news, Shimon Moraes beat Matt Sales in another decision. So even those those were decisions. That was close too. That was that was at least a fun fight, so I give it that, Kev. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's not to say that the UFC Fight Pass didn't have some of its fun as well. Alex Perez defeats Jose Torres. Uh, Zhang Wili defeats Daniel Taylor, who's dead to Milton, apparently. I will make sure that gets back to her. <laughs> who, who, who was that? Mm-hmm. Who was that? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it does not take too many calls for me to make it to her, sir. So I will, I will make sure <laughs> she hears that and be like, she, you know what the best part is? She's going to go, who? Who said that about me? Mm, I don't know him either. Uh, Marlon Vera wins over Ouija board Buren. So, Kev, this is the moment when we need to discuss who won here. How do you feel right now? I do not feel very excellent. I will tell you from a pure instinct perspective. A lot of decisions, a lot of bullshit, which tends to favor someone like Milton. Sure, and again, we've already covered the fact that Milton himself said there were a lot of upsets and divisions and complete bullshit calls. So we'll we'll start with that. Milton, how are you feeling? Uh, I feel good. I feel like uh, I should be uh, leading the scoreboard by uh, one or two fights here, but um, you know, I'm not going to sweat it. Did you check? Are you just being facetious? Do you know the result, Milton? I'm pretty sure I know the result. Okay. I think it's seven to five. You would be correct. And which way is it? Uh, my way. Okay. Well, that was worth the wait. Listen, guys, here's what it is. Kevin did the math. I double-checked it. Kevin said it was 7-4 or something to that effect. And I said, I thought it was closer than that. And I was right. It was 7-5. So, Kev... What is it that you have to do now? I You're going to have to help me with what the bet was. That part okay. I did not write down. I wrote down his name as the religious task force of assholes. Mm. That was before I knew who it was going to be, <laughs> to be fair. And it was right after Sessions was like, we need more Christianity. <laughs> there was a weird sort of, so that's where that came from. I did not write down the bet. Okay. Milton, do you remember it? I have it if you don't. I remember the bet. I would hope so. You, uh, you said what it was. But go ahead. What was it, sir? Uh, Kevin has to wear a dodgy collective shirt and sing My Little Pony on video and post it. God damn it. Yeah. I mean, here's the good news, Kev. Dodgy is a reputable brand. I don't know why they're behind Milton so much. But otherwise, <laughs> really solid. Um, but can I express some anger here? Because here's the thing. I, you know, I'm, I'm usually pretty impartial on who wins and who loses this sort of thing, but I actually had a vested interest because Kev's counter to your bit that you created right there was to have you sing Genuine's My Pony because you mentioned My Little Pony first and Kevin goes, I'll do you one better. Uh, how about you have to perform to Genuine's My Pony? Do you know what that song is, Milton? I still do not, my friend. I did not look it up. See, Kev, this is why you had to have won this one. Sucks. This this kid sucks. thinks that he doesn't know <laughs> the song, except it's been out forever. Well, I uh, guess he didn't see Magic Mike XXL and doesn't have two ears and a heart. <laughs> I unfortunately did not. I think I saw the first Magic Mike, though. Genuine <laughs> is genuine. 
It's genuine. <laughs> Tom Haverford. It's. I have no idea. Look, yeah, I mean, I can't have a guest on the. Sh- I can't believe I lost to someone who doesn't know who genuine is. It hurts. You have then. Okay, Pony is definitely in the first Magic Mike, isn't it? I believe it's in one of the two. I don't know which one it is, but I, so anyway, the whole premise. By the of way, it, though, to the audience, if you're in your car screaming, it's in the first one. You need to make better choices about what you store <laughs> memory wise. Go ahead, ref. And I also appreciate the very like coy way milton's like oh yes i believe i have seen a magic mic not that i enjoyed it i just i've seen I it one of them. i don't know which one it was okay, okay. <laughs> well there is a channing tatum solo that uh he basically just bumps and grinds on people because it is one of the it's basically a stripper song uh genuine mm-hmm. the person who sang it is part of the timbaland crew aka like Aaliyah, all of those people and it sounds like they slowed down the Budweiser frogs to create a hip hop beat that is entirely purposed for him to use his days as being a stripper to uh, basically say that you're going to ride his pony. Does that make any sense? Does this sound at all familiar? Are you just completely oblivious to the song? Uh, I looked it up. I'm reading the lyrics right now, and I don't remember these lyrics. So uh, <laughs> I song. <laughs> I'm going to play the song just, I mean, because if I play it off of my phone, at the very least, it won't be loud enough for us to get sued. But I just need you to understand that this was so hilarious that I actually told Kevin, I go, I found the instrumental if he loses. So, you know, <laughs> it's got to be at least that you put up a good fight. And then I go, Kevin, how'd you do? So... Anyway, as we close out here, um, Milton, you know, it's always fun talking with you, but do you have any words of advice for Kevin going forward in terms of playing his own game? In playing his own game, I actually, I mean, I I wish I could talk shit. I wish I was a better shit talker, but uh, I can't. So, Kevin, just keep trying. A for effort, and great job, buddy. Kev, does that sit well with you are you okay with no that? that actually hurts worse than if you had something <laughs> witty or rhetorical because it's like you you know when you go to mcdonald's you expect the food to be of a par you get sick sure. at taco bell you're like that's fine <laughs> right what i feel like is that i should be someone that is more elevated than that and here i am just losing just expecting uh exceptional t-bone with a nice porter sauce at my local chick-fil-a and i just i'm melting down here rap i can't believe i lost this one it hurts can i just say though that it's more like you went to mcdonald's and you try to get a salad and then you found out it had salmonella in it and you go what and they go yeah you got a salad at mcdonald's dude that's kind of like what happens that is exactly Um, how this gentlemen here if you can hear from as much again as to not get sued Now, now here's right, the thing. Right, I, know, I know what you guys are talking about. Excellent. Uh, but you do understand the fact that you had agreed to do that and that you couldn't remember it and that the rest of us, us on the show and uh, our <laughs> listeners, knew that song and said, Oh, fuck. If he loses, the stakes are very high for him. Meanwhile, Kevin singing My Little Pony is just a Wednesday. 
it's just a Wednesday. It's all right. It's just a depressing it's just, Wednesday. It's a depressing <laughs> Wednesday. Well, let's do this. Obviously, Milton, we're very happy that you were able to come on the show this week. Um, you know, you always have fights coming out and up. So we look forward to hearing what's next for you. And you always have a welcome place to come here and stop by and talk about it. Uh, we're very glad that we could get some good, fine analysis from you. And uh, where can the people find you, sir? People can find me fighting in October, wink, wink. Mm. Nothing is signed, but we have some potentials going on. And uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at MMA. Very nice. That's uh, that's a good good plug there, kid. Now, what Diamond you may is not a real know feminine is... feminine shape. That's, I'm, that's a good call <laughs> by you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, that diamond didn't seem to protect Cody on his fucking neck, so I just want to point that out right now. <laughs> but I also want to make sure... That would have been a great connection if I was like, you know, I brought Milton on because his nickname's the diamond, and Cody has one on his fucking neck, because who does that? Um, but I will say this, guys. Don't be surprised if you see Milton having to defend his WWE BJJ title very soon. As the uh, authority figure and uh, reigning commissioner of the WWE BJJ, it is so of my choosing them where and when you have to defend that. And it is a 24-7 belt. So I'm just saying, Milton, you, you need to just be very aware. Uh, there are threats. There are people who have asked for, for matches. If I'm being so kind, we've had several prominent uh, IBJJF and world champs who have asked for their shot at it. And more importantly, IBJJF is a snooze fest. <laughs> Why do you think I'm so excited to have them come challenge for it? <laughs> but you've even got right, a certain perfect. 10th plan at uh, Black Belt who said, oh, yeah, I want a shot at that. And I was like, hey, I'm not the one that holds it. And they go, oh, all right. I still want it. So I'm just saying. Perfect. I can't all right. wait. All right, then. Thanks Ladies and gentlemen, me. Milton Arguello. Excellent. Ooh, you have an iPhone X? I got an iPhone X, yeah. Oh it my only god, took me, it's gonna recognize your face. I only had to fight six people at Best Buy. It's uh oh, that's geez. just their process. It's like the first round's a sumo match, <laughs> which wasn't bad. I got a lightweight. But sure. the, the the fourth round, which was a combination keto and gambling, Raph, you gotta try it. Look, this has been an amazing week. We've done a few podcasts. This is more content, and we want to know what you think. You need to go to Verbal Taps, any of our pages, at Verbal Tap Cast. You need to let us know what you think. Do you enjoy the multi-episode format? You're like, hey, two was right. One's never enough. Four would be ideal. Calm down. Five stars. Find us on iTunes. Make a friend aware there is good pirate ships floating out in the MMA BJJ commentary comedy realm you're not gonna find comedy anywhere else ref you just don't i mean i guess if you really are paying attention to what gary says it's funny but not in an intentional way no no Uh, like a lot of these people are doing the you know christopher columbus version of comedy where they just kind of go i discovered this gay joke no 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 you didn't uh, and by Christopher Columbus, I'm talking about the director, Christopher Columbus, the one who directed uh, Bicentennial Man, maybe one of the Home Alones. Go look him up on 9DB. You like more than you don't like because it's also Mrs. Doubtfire, too. Anyway, Kev, I guess what I'm saying to you is this. <sighs> 300's happening. We're very excited for that. Um, 
a lot of stuff is coming in. We have a lot of people to acknowledge coming up very shortly. But um, you know, that was that was a fun episode. I'm I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good that we can end on a positive note. Milton really, you know, not the best guest, but we produced the shit out of that. <laughs> he had his moments. I'm still he had pissed a I lost. I mean, Kev, again, it's one of those ones where I was like, I really wish you would have won because the fact that I found the instrumental to My Pony and then having to explain the lyrics and say, like, you know, just do the best you can, kid. We're, I'm just going to press record. That would have been fun. <laughs> I agree, especially as he realized he knew the song halfway through it. Yes, especially when he's just like, oh, is that the song? Oh, yeah, everybody knows this one, clearly. Well, <sighs> there's a lot coming. Is the point. And yes. it's, you know, let us know how you feel about Milton. <laughs> Verbal type cast. On all <laughs> There's, let's shout out, Raph. We've talked a lot already today, Sunday. Yes. And the feedback has been lovely. Thank you so much for the comments about the Gary episode. Let's do some shout outs. I will start to Best Buy. You know, whatever. Thanks for, we got there. I got the phone. We're all set. <laughs> and, uh, it's always a pleasure figuring out what that is. Raph, <laughs> to the people at Ohana Yoga, just getting me ready. Every day I could feel it. They're like, wrestling's not going to matter on that joint. Not on that joint. Hey, headstands are next. It's like, calm down. There is so much healing and diversity in the teaching staff. It is great. Uh, less violence than jujitsu. Just as much crying. And in general, a little less sweating. But for me, it's like, I, maybe if I wore my gi, I could have the thing. I'll think about that. Shout out to the Grappling Central podcast. Had a lovely conversation with Ryan Ford. Got him his shirts. Just thought I'd give them a, a little shout out uh, for their patience. And that is going to do it for me, Javier Esparza. Yeah, if you're going to go ahead and shout out podcasts, I can do that too. I'm going to shout out Zach Meslany from the Finishers podcast, who has not sent me my shirt yet, but I sent him ours. So, yeah, think about that. Uh, they have their big finishers, six tournament. Joey and Eric from the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club will be there. I believe one yesterday, uh, Keith Kikorian will be competing in that. Um, just a lot of really cool people. And I had the opportunity to take a seminar from one Ashley Williams. And he is competing in the main event against John Battle. Now, John Battle was saying, oh, my God, you're interviewing with Raph, who's the best, I mean worst. And I'm like, listen, John Battle, you're just jealous that nobody's clamoring the time to interview you. And nobody will with that attitude. So I guess I'm going for Ashley. Suck on that. Anyway, Ashley, Kev, if you like Half Guard, you want a seminar with one Ashley Williams. I love And here's the thing. I love it. He's got amazing tricks. He's got amazing ways that he explains it. But here is the one thing that I will say about him that he does very different than every other instructor. Do you know those instructors who, when they start to tell you how a move works, there's always that one guy who says, but what if it goes like this? I don't think it's going to work if it does this. You know those people, Kev? I can think of seven. <laughs> okay. Ashley Williams actually says, I like that because it's bullshit if you just think, oh, well, this will work. He's like, I like to tell you this is how it will work. I encourage you guys to uh, share those things with me. And I thought that's ballsy because, you know, 
he says that. But I know if someone were to like interrupt my flow as an instructor and they'd go, well, what if you did this? And I'd be like, I don't really know. Can I, I'll get back to you, I think. So uh, shout out to one Ashley Williams. He is going to be doing uh, some seminars over on the East Coast. Um, but of course, if you were in the UK or in England or whatever you would call it these days, uh, go take a class from that man. Him and his brother, great people. Really enjoyed having uh, them come to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. And if they come back to the States, please, please, please take advantage of it. Uh, but not Kevin, because Kevin's working on his fucking yoga and is talking about how that's not going to matter with wrestling. And that's rude because I'm rooting for him. And you know what, Kev? Why don't you wear your fucking gi in yoga? Okay? Why don't you just revolutionize the game one more time, you asshole, Be and bold. just be that person i i actually uh, yeah i'll think about it I don't okay know. i'm not because very I'm good like, so like i don't want to try to walk in and dress like that <laughs> and just to really really own that person that you're becoming. it just feels you're... like people can be like yeah we get it yoga's not your reason it's like no, no, no. I, i'm so inflexible kev we get it this is just a stop not the destination that's fine you dick I just like the idea that within one episode, I get Milton being like, I won't tap to anything you do, Raph. And you being like, I don't give a fuck about your wrestling, Raph. Wrestling I'm just sitting means here going like, nothing. I have flexibility. Which is what the a- fuck did I do to these people? Anyway, uh, LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m., except for this Friday and this Monday because the gentlemen are going to be over on the East Coast. I think they're doing some stuff out that way, so go see those guys. Go train with them if you're around that way. We wish you guys the best of success over at Finishers. So, uh, there is that. But yes, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays normally 8 a.m., and then Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11.30. Valley Martial Arts Center. It's good to be around. I look forward to being able to train there this week. Trained with my good man Casey the other day. And I am very happy to say thank you to Octavio who had a beautiful beautiful viewing party for uh, the UFC the other night, which I got to see a whole bunch of our friends. And uh, Kev, it was a blast. And I think that is going to do it for us this week. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight, Santiago. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is,